0: Come with us. Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science
1: and religion clash,
0: or do they? You will meet real
1: people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Night.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own van Helsink. And with me, all the way from across the pond, from the land of the Red Dragon, is the gold standard in ghost hunting himself Mr. Stephen Parsons.
1: Thank you Ron uh, hey, I had to cut you paper. short there because your intros are getting longer every week.
2: I'll get over it. Ridiculous. Fine whatever well you got some place to go or something is that what it is?
1: No but the show is only an hour long you know we've We've got to consider talking to the guest and getting through stuff.
2: Yeah, I know. But if it's less we have to hear from you, it's, you know, so much better. Well, you know. Anyway, have a good week. Yeah, that's fine. Anyways, uh, we are now broadcasting uh, not only on TojiNet, uh Ghost Channel, uh, the TuneIn app, but also on Planet Paranormal now as well. So that's the... Cool.
1: And we're we're doing quite high in the ratings as well.
2: I understand. Ah, uh, sure. Whatever you say.
1: Yeah, we're uh, we had three listeners last week. Get out of here!
2: Yeah, that was me, you, and Derek. And and when my mother from the other side. Ah, uh, what was she on the tuning app? Yeah, she was on the uh, the uh, ghost box. Ah, uh-huh. so what was, was your week to- like? Uh... Whatever. I mean, we have a guest. Let's let's get get to the show. I mean, you just. Well, I was just at going to say, say we had. Was cool. I, I was.
1: What? I was. Well, I was just going to say actually, plugging uh, Ghost Chronicles: The Morning Edition. Um, I had a listen yesterday, and it was rather good. I had a fantastic guest.
2: You did. Yeah, he was a bit elitist, though. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Steve Potts <laughs> is in the Morning Edition, but we actually have a real guest, other than these we do. Yes, we have. Um, he, He is, uh, I guess he is the new owner of uh, Compass Paranormal, because I I was... Well, I could have
1: introduced him.
2: Well, why don't you?
1: Well, you know,
2: (laughs) you just seem to
1: take my bit there. But, hey, you know, why let that get in the way? Um, Well, as you know, last week I spoke very highly about my night out uh, at a haunted Welsh castle just up the road from me and the host... Of that event was Compass Paranormal Events, Mm -hmm. which is now owned and run by husband and wife team Janet Bowen and. Uh, Kevin Bowen, and Kevin is a respected medium here in the UK, and they're doing a rather exciting event this coming weekend where they're off to investigate Colditz Castle. So amongst the many events that they're going to be doing in in 2014, that's certainly going to come up tonight. So I'd like to welcome our guest tonight, Kevin Bowen. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you. Need to we pull our so fist drum- on, sir. Need to pull yeah, our can fist Can We have off. a drum roll for the guests, Karina. From now on, <laughs> keep on going.
3: We're still waiting. We're still waiting.
1: Yeah, yeah no drum-, yeah. drum roll. No, there was no <laughs> drum roll. Honestly, the drum
3: rolls they just in spirit.
1: Yeah. So, Kevin, um, as I said, as I said in the intro, I joined you at my local haunted castle, Kerou. Um, uh, we. Uh, Two weeks ago, was it week? Two weeks ago, I, anyway. It was recently.
3: Yeah, very much. Uh, I think it was about two weeks ago. If I remember, yeah. Right.
1: And uh, I wimped out at two o'clock in the morning because uh, because of a teething baby. But you're off to its Castle this coming weekend, aren't you? With uh, with a, a coach load of ghost hunters.
3: Yeah, we we've got um, a lot of people coming from all over the world to join us. Uh, we're going to Colditz in Germany. We're not only doing the castle, we're actually um, doing some other parts of Colditz as well, uh, uh, which have only just come about over the last few days, to be quite honest. Um, We're actually doing the railway station where every single prisoner of war uh, was dropped off at. Um, We're going around there as well, and we've also got the forest, Colditz Forest itself, Um, which translates to the dark forest Um, and there has been quite a few weird reports in that forest too so it's going to be a a hectic weekend Um, we've got people coming from all over the world we've got Canadians, we've got Americans coming in we've even got a guy from Germany uh, flying into the UK uh, to get a coach to Germany to do an investigation (laughs) and then get a coach back to the UK to fly back to Germany
1: uh, yeah, just, just, just uh, I mean, I can't believe that there would be anybody who doesn't know what Colditz castle is. Um, but do you just want to run through a little of its history and why it's such a significant location?
3: Well, I, um, me being a medium, I don't normally do a lot with the history and research uh, of locations until after I've been there. Um, Steve, as you well know... I'm, I'm what... talking
1: about its uh, famous past.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I can tell you that Colditz has been around for nearly a thousand years as a castle. Um, its main and predominant use was obviously during World War II uh, for British, European uh, prisoners of war that escaped from other camps. They were sent off to um, Where, When they escaped, um, was is literally on the top of a cliff overlooking a valley so you know it was deemed to be quite a hard place to get out of uh but in reality they come up with some ingenious plans and ideas and and ways to try and escape um going backwards in time it's also been used as an insane asylum a workhouse for paul um it was also europe's largest zoo at one point um and a regular castle and seat of uh, state and council as well, so it's been quite a, a varied mix.
1: I, I've just got to add at this point, from a historical uh, perspective, they, the Germans thought it was, or the, as you said, the you know, damn near escape proof. But in actual fact, because of the endu- ingenuity of. Uh, the Allied POWs, it actually ended up with the highest number of escapes recorded of any German POW, camera. Uh.
3: Absolutely. I, I'll i be quite honest. We watched a documentary on it um, about a week or so ago, um, and it's, it was made about 10, 15 years ago, and these were talking to some of the guys that actually did escape and some yeah. of the plots and plans, and it, it was absolutely crazy. They were so cheeky. Um, yeah, it
2: must must be a lot of Americans there, right? Just no, not many. They, Course no, they all, they, well, who else could figure out? The British, the British take them like three years just to plan anything, never mind to oh, do oh, anything. No, you, wanna, you, you have to watch
1: the Cold movie,
2: Ron, or read
1: the book, <laughs> The Cold yeah, Story. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah,
3: funny you mention the Americans, because they are playing a big part in what we're doing um, uh, this weekend. Um, when the Germans surrendered during World War II, part of it was in play due to the American GIs, actually coming forth through Colditz Forest and trying to uh, free the prisoners via tanks and whatnot. Um, so absolutely, you know, um, the British POWs uh, that was in this documentary that i have seen the other day, uh, they spoke very highly how, you know, they would have been incarcerated for five years, um, three, four, five years. You know, it's not just like a couple of months. Um, they spent a long, long time there. And the big thing for them was the actual American GIs coming through with all their tanks, uh, armed to the teeth, and, and that, for them, was was really, you know, the point that they knew that they were going to make it home free.
1: Actually, I remember reading the Cold It Story book, as, as most uh, children did, and they were, I, I remember them being uh, terribly afraid that the, that the advancing Americans... Uh, in fact, they did shell the castle a couple of times.
3: But they uh, did, and they-
1: They were trying desperately to tell the Americans, you know, uh, don't don't shoot us. We're on your side.
3: (laughs) I'm not going to get involved. I'm obviously trying to be a peacekeeper here now um, between you both (laughs) and obviously our listeners. But yeah, there's quite. um... What
1: inspired you to uh, take over and uh, set up Compass or run Compass?
3: I've been working within the paranormal for 15 years. Um, I've always been the hired medium, uh, working with a number of different groups and companies, teams. Uh, There aren't many that I probably haven't worked with. Um, As you know yourself, Steve, some are good, some really aren't. We're we're not here to judge or or knock anybody. Not yet, anyway. Not until I've said hello properly.
1: Yeah, that comes in part Um, two. Absolutely, sir.
3: Um, But... Yeah, I've I've been working within the industry for quite a long time, um, and Compass, um, I've done a lot of work with over the years, as their medium, um, and the offer came about that uh, they wanted to sell, but they only wanted to sell to somebody um, that they know could take it forward and take it to the next level. Uh, their exact words was that, and that's what we're doing, uh, hence the European trips, and the way that we've looked at it is we've sat down um, with, with team, uh, with guests, and, you know, got an insight into where would you like to investigate. You know, if money was no object, if we could pull off any place in the world. And, you know, the same applies to both of you guys. If you guys could investigate absolutely anywhere, where would you guys
1: like to investigate? Playboy Mansion. <laughs> Alcatraz Island.
3: You asked. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and see, the um, Alcatraz, unfortunately, we can't get in. Um, they're very fussy about who they let in with that now. But that's the way that we looked at it. From a, a guest perspective, um, everybody tends to do the same old locations. Um, I'm not sure what it's like the stateside anymore, um, but it, it's been an influx of teams and groups and public events, companies up and coming and going around. And it's the same old places every Friday and Saturday night, um, and we personally felt that they were just done to death. So we thought that we needed to, to give something different. And what we looked at, and the way that we looked at it, if we can get you into the places that you want to do uh, and the investigations that you'd like, uh, we don't have to worry about travel, food, or accommodation. Um, it's just through us, and then that's it. You aren't going to worry about anything else. That's the way forward.
1: Do you, do you find that uh, you've worked with uh, with Compass and others over the years? Do you, paranormal ev- uh, should we call it paranormal events rather than yep. paranormal investigation? Do you yep. find the paranormal events side has changed in recent years?
3: Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, before it was a big deal. It was a special event. You know, if any event was done, it was a one-off. Um, and the guests would only like to like me do it once or twice. It wasn't, um, the sort of people that would keep coming back time after time. We're now, what we're trying to do is to try and change that up a little bit and try and make people come back regularly. Um, they enjoy the way that we work or don't work, um, and j- just enjoy themselves, uh, I think the market personally has become a little bit saturated. Uh, I do think that you've got 300 chests with only one pie being offered, if that makes sense. Um, And it's just too many people doing the same old things. Um, And they're all trying to undercut each other. Um, And something that me and Steve spoke about very briefly, um, the venues themselves, you know, I can remember venues, uh, not paying us as such, but just chipping in towards fuel uh, maybe taking us out for a meal for us to actually investigate there. Same venues are now charging hundreds if not thousands of pounds. Um, it's it's a very cutthroat industry. I do feel personally that the bottom's starting to drop out a little bit. I think it's definitely plateaued over the last couple of years.
1: We did touch on that while we were having uh, some of the breaks at the castle. Um which I find interesting. You, but you're, you're also, I mean, you, you, we're not just talking about cold. It's here. You've, you've got some other exciting locations that I haven't seen on the, the sort of the standard um, round of, of locations. I um, believe you've got Lon- London Bridge coming up. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, and also Brand Castle. Which,
2: wait a minute. Which London Bridge? The one in the United States? Or the no, not, in, not,
1: uh, not, not the one, not the pretend one we sold to you. Sorry, Tower Bridge. At, <laughs> London Town. Um,
0: yeah,
1: Tower um, Bridge in London, and uh, you're also in Bran Castle, aren't you? In Romania, We're
3: in Bran Castle in August. Um, Dracula's castle's always been a big, big um, interest to me, Dracula, both to myself and Jan, uh, my wife, and we thought that that's somewhere that we'd like to pull off. Um, I'll be quite honest; logistically, doing these overseas adventures are a nightmare absolute nightmare uh brand castle normally their answer was a flat out no uh we don't allow them sort of things um and your insurance only covers up to 10 million our property is worth 150 um so it's taken a lot of speaking in different languages um and coming to agreements with prices it's been logistically quite quite a battle to be quite honest especially when we've thrown in the accommodation and whatnot. Um, but for those of you that don't know, Bran Castle uh, was Vladim uh, Vladian who's the inspiration for the Dracula books, um, and obviously later on the films and movies. Um, that was his, uh, what they call Dracula's Castle. The fact of it is Dracula's home is actually in, uh, excuse my pronunciation, this may be wrong, but Ponoroy Castle, which is actually in ruins. Um, but what people regard as Dracula's castle, Bran Castle, uh, was actually just an admin place for him. It was his command center, if you like. Um, but we have full access to that. We've got two investigations throughout um, over two nights there. We've also got day trips to Ponoroy Castle. So for the real um, historical buffs, that like to know it inside out, back to front. We're covering everything as much as we can in that short space of time. Um, the, the, I think the, the way that we've got to look at it going forward is we've got um, we've got a fortress in Holland, an island fortress. We've got a whole uh, World War Two um, abandoned, literally a ghost town at the side of the Alps that takes up half the side of a mountain, the size of a town. Um, we've got chateaus in France. Um, we're just trying to give people something different to your regular. Um, to your regular events. Um, and I'll be quite honest, the prices that, that we're doing it at, we're not in this to make money, which is rather silly being a businessman, um, but that's not what it's about for us. It's about making people have, hopefully, experiences within you know, paranormal, but as you guys all know, that we can't guarantee anything, uh, but just to educate them too, just to show that they can learn uh, the right ways and the wrong ways to use equipment, what's good, what's not. But just to give them a fair run of the mill, um, obviously, with me being a medium too, they've got the uh, scientific or, or the technical equipment side. They've also got myself uh, doing the spiritual side, but it's down to them, you know. Um, and as you guys all know, we can't make anything happen.
2: He's got some awesome to, locations. I, I mean, yeah, I would love – just myself, I would love the – I mean, there's like two or three of them that my mouth started slivering when you set them. I heard you drooling in the background. Yeah, I know. I was yeah, going
1: <laughs> to ask Kevin about um, – because it's not just Kevin and Jan. Uh, you know, they, they do have uh, a dedicated team of assistants, investigators, team leaders. Um, how do you select your teams? What do you look for? It sounds like a I'm applying for a job here, doesn't it? sounds yeah.
2: Well, yeah. Sure. Give um,
1: me a job. <laughs> CVs by email. Uh, no. Uh, what we tend to do I, is... We I don't do need a CV. You don't <laughs> want me. <laughs> you couldn't afford me.
3: No, no. That, that's very true. Very true right now. Um, obviously, with all these European events. Um, but what we normally do is majority of the people that we've got on our team we have worked with Um, over a number of years. Some have been ex-guests that have come on events, not just with Compass, but with other companies over the years, that we've seen the way that they work, we've watched them work, and we've trained them then to go forward. This is what they need to be doing um, because it's very different from being a guest to being a team member on a regular investigation um, to doing it on an events basis where the, the goal... Isn't so much on the proof, is on making sure that these guests have uh are looked after and they have a good night. Um, obviously, integrity is very important to us too. You know, uh, if nothing happens, nothing happens, and it will stay that way. Um, but yeah, we've we're all for helping and training. Um, I've done a lot of teaching over the years, um, on both sides of the Atlantic, I've run workshops out in um, Illinois and uh, Iowa. Um, yeah, so I, I think if we can educate people and let them learn, what, what I have found over the years is some of the people that we've taught, um, not just with Compass, but through other uh, teams and groups, they've gone off to form their own groups, who have gone off to form their own groups. And it's sort of splintered, if you will, and it has become watered down. Um, and you can see, you can almost tell exactly where people have learned their trade or who they've been taught by. Uh, oh really? From from the basis of how they do things, if that makes sense to all.
2: Yeah, Kevin. I, I, you know, it's you're right. So many groups do different, and you could probably tell where they're, they're taught from. I, I agree with you. But you know, I have a really uh, important question. I've been dying to ask you this question, and and uh, I understand that you know, Mr. Parsons uh, went to your event. I mean, how annoying was he?
3: Not at all. Not at all. Really. Not- well, not at all. Um, he took a back seat. I'll be very honest with you. Uh, S- Steve sat ba- back and behaved like a perfect guest. Um, well, was the, the, alcohol the, involved? Not, uh, not <laughs> involved, right uh, the, the good thing I'll be very honest with Steve is obviously, as you guys both know, Steve's very knowledgeable. Um, and my memory's terrible. Even though <laughs> I've been uh, to Caro Castle previously, um, the number of events that we physically do, you, you just lose track and it'd be no physical way that I'm aware of that you would remember everything that's been picked up previously or what's gone on here or there. Um, And and Steve was able to confirm some of the things that we got going around, so that was nice, you know, just uh, for us, from my personal perspective, to have that confirmation. Um, I'll be quite honest with you guys. Uh, Me, personally, right now, um, confirmation to me doesn't matter so much. Um, I'm not bothered. Um, I am, but I'm not. You know, I don't publicly look for it, and um, I trust in what I do. You know, I, I've done it for long enough to know that why would um, why would spirit lie if I'm picking up bits and pieces? You know, I, I'm pretty confident that nine times out of ten, what I am getting is is accurate. Um, so yeah, that that for us was quite nice to have, Steve, be able to verify things and. Explain why I was uh, feeling these things, or uh, picking up on certain individuals, or or whatnot.
2: Did Did you know that it, did his uh, Ghost Meter Pro uh, give any verification or anything? I didn't take it. You didn't take it. No, the, I give you I, my I, best piece of equipment, I, and you. I was. Take it. I
1: was. As I as as Kevin rightly pointed out, I was a paying guest, and I was uh-huh. happy to. I was. I was. You know, I went along as a guest, and I. You know. I had a really good
2: night out <laughs> good you stuff. did say I, that you know kevin i, I did I, to, I said that last I week i have to admit that he said that last week he really enjoyed himself and uh he, he was a little annoyed that he got locked out of the woman's room there uh, when the when the table went flying but uh uh that's all right i mean i i have to ask you kevin as a medium a medium-led group how is that different than like uh for instance a group that 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 uh, Steve would lead. Is there a difference between... I, I would assume there would be.
3: I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. We, we've we always given both sides. Um, all our events, they're all given equipment talks at the start, and we have the whole, uh, whole toy box, if you will. Um, we do use some prototype and some not-so-typical pieces of equipment. Um, we've been dabbling a lot with sensory toys, uh, sound-activated toys, and... Um, they work, they serve a purpose, um, but we give them both sides, you know, and, and it's down to the guests and to decide whether, you know, if they can explain it away, I would rather the guys do that, um, but yeah, we give them both sides, and, and, it, and that way, you're being fair.
2: Hmm, that's interesting. So I mean, but normally when you do an event, I mean, how how do you do it? I mean, do you just let the people wander around? Do you lead them? I mean, not,
3: I, no, no, it, I'll be quite honest. It is normally quite uh, quite organized down to the letter. Um, we do have a, a standard structure, but obviously that depends on location. Uh, uh-huh. Some locations may be outside or may have more rooms, uh, and sometimes it's impractical. Uh, but the general rule, or, or the general uh, way that we normally run it, um, the, the guests will all arrive, will all welcomed w- with drinks and whatnot. Um, we'll do an introduction. Um, this is this is all the different team members that are working with us tonight. Um, th- this is um, this is the equipment talk as well. We will do a little bit of this is what this is how you use um, these different bits of equipment, um, and for them. Um, to be aware of that. Um, what we will do then, we'll tend to do a, either a mediumship walk around. Uh, we're basically involving me walking around, telling them what I'm picking up in different areas, uh, just to give them little points to watch out for, look for sound in this room, um, you're looking for a male in this room, or or whatnot. But just to give them a the general feel as to what, what's, what's going on. Um, and then we'll split the guys down to smaller groups and smaller vigils. Uh, they'll cover different areas with different sets of equipment, uh, doing different experiments, and, and then switch it around so everybody covers everywhere. Um, we will then tend to get together towards the end and do some very different experiments, um, sometimes reenactments, uh, recreations of, of past events. Um, it'll be, normally be in the area that we've decided as a team throughout the night, or what Jan says, has been uh, the most active throughout the night. Um, and, and we will tend to focus here as one large group and try and leave with a big bang. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a whole host of things.
2: I, I know we're coming up in break, but uh, one of the things that you just said about reenactments or recreations, what, what, what does that encompass?
3: Um, well, it all depends if can, on... If you can answer it. that
1: in 45 seconds... <laughs>
3: all depends on where you are. If you're in a jail, we'll recreate and put the guests in prison cells. If you're in a castle, we'll go through uh, what would have happened in the
2: castle. But
3: just recreate oh, okay. environment. Uh, Singapore theories.
2: Oh, that's interesting. That sounds like... Which, which was, kind of was done
1: a long time before it became called the Singapore theory by TAPS. They,
3: that's very true, very true. By it
2: who?
1: shouldn't be called the it, This Singapore theory, it shouldn't be called that because it was, it was not created by TAPS and it was in use a long long time before they renamed it. Mm,
2: interesting. The Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I, I think that's a you know it's a, it's a fun thing to do. I would imagine for, so, for somebody who's you know going to one of these things they they would like to experience as it was and, and see yeah so that that's kind of a neat thing anyways. But we're we're coming up to break now so we have to uh Get along, anyways. You listen to Ghost Chronicles, Nick's international. Excuse me, right here on Tojinet Parax, Ghost Channel, Planet Paranoid on your TuneIn app, on your iTunes or whatever. Anyways, we'll be right back after the following message with more of Kevin Bowen and Compass Paranormal.
0: An oasis in this hectic world.
2: The creepy and the are kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly, gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax
0: family.
1: They're strange, deranged. Straight.
0: So grab your
1: favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous, as we give awards to the Barrett X family. Take 6,427.
2: Alright.
0: Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's most haunted.
2: And we'd like to invite you to tune in...
0: Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com.
2: So, so, are what are they going to hear on this stupid show?
0: What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening.
2: Like uh, Beyond Bizarre.
0: And cemetery tripping.
2: Oh, that's your deal, right?
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery-tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host.
0: <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me.
2: So anyways, if you're bored and you've got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles the Next Generation with Anne and Ron.
0: See you then.
1: Uh, the beat of Ron's heart brings us back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. Ron extended before the break, so you already know that you're listening to Togginet, Parax, the ghost channel, Planet Paranormal, or you might be listening later on the TuneIn app, iTunes, and apparently we're broadcasting on a ghost box, um, which is interesting. So if you're dead, do join us in the chat room and let us know. Um, or talk directly to our guest tonight, medium Kevin Bowen.
2: There you go. That's it?
1: Yeah. Hello? Oh, okay. Well, I was throwing the door open for your, you know, I hogged most of part two, and, you know, I didn't want to get accused like you with Derek of being a complete fanboy
0: like oh. you were the other week.
1: Oh, Derek, Derek! I told you I'm getting you a Derek Akora t-shirt after that show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but not, but nonetheless, we, yeah, we were talking with Kevin, and yes, um, we were. <laughs> we were talking about um, about the uh, the paranormal events uh, side of, of uh, the
2: paranormal investigation world. Um, and so, the one thing I do want to know is, Kevin how how often do you have these events?
3: um we're normally running around two or uh, around two to five a month depending so it's every wow. week uh some weeks there's normally one or two going on um but yeah definitely every week oh, that's awesome covering all ends of the uk um so we're traveling a hell of a lot um i i know personally on my way to investigations i don't drive uh, we've got a great driver with us that uh, drives us absolutely everywhere. Um, I'm normally sat in the back with my music plugged in. Um, I know a lot of mediums on Meditate, I tend to listen to Metallica or something <laughs> just to get in a mood and get get the energy going.
2: Hey, Kevin, you want to hear something really amusing? You'll love. Go for oh, it, sir. Metallica is now considered an oldie but goodie.
3: That's, that's quite worrying, really, isn't it?
2: Isn't it? <laughs> Who'd ever thought that, huh? <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I find that, you know, I, I didn't realize that you did as many, many things. Now, some of them must be smaller than, you know, like, for instance, the one you're going to Germany is a, is a larger production, uh, but you must have, like, smaller ones as well? Um,
3: average normally is around about 30 guests, 30 to 40 guests. Um, location dependent. Uh, some locations. Personally, I don't like having a hundred guests running around a small little creaky little old um, house. Um, You you need to be practical with it as well. And obviously health and safety is a big part of it these days too. Uh, But when I used to actually investigate properly, uh, and that's no disrespect to any of our guests or our team, um, but when we used to investigate properly, you just have a handful of guys and you you you've got to think practically. I, I, there's a lot of events companies out there that will take fifty, sixty guests into a place where practically, you know, you're just destroying anything that you could possibly have when you can hear everybody else doing their own vigils everywhere.
2: So when you when you do your events, and for instance, uh, you are a medium, and I, I imagine sometimes you get. Mediums that go along as well. Absolutely. Uh, how do you how do you handle it when, for instance, that you have conflicting uh, information from, you know, say the guests to from what you're getting?
3: Um, I I personally always encourage everybody. I believe everybody's capable of getting things, uh, picking up oh, things. I'm not. I'm not. Yes, you are, Steve. You knew exactly where the toilets, where the, where the smoke break place was. Uh, That's true.
1: <laughs> 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 but but that's, that that's, that wasn't psychic. That's just I've been the castle on all <laughs> <long> times. <laughs> um, I, I I do
3: I, I do believe everybody's capable of picking up um, things, emotions, feelings, whether they you know fully fledged mediums or been training for years or just a little bit intuitive. We encourage them. You know, if, if you're getting things to be speaking up, it's the same as you would an investigation. There's no good having an investigator that doesn't tell you till afterwards. Oh, I felt this. Or I thought I saw this, or I thought I heard that. Three hours later, because you can't do anything about it. Um, so we do. We, we encourage everybody to speak up, um, and it's the same goes. M- my wife Jan's also a medium. Um, she does tend to stand on the uh, stand on her back feet a little bit when I'm around. Don't know why. Um, probably because she can't get a word in edgeways. Um, <laughs> sometimes we will pick up the same things and. Uh, put the jigsaw together if you like between the two of us and sometimes uh we will pick up different things she may pick up on one particular time period or or whatever standing out to her i may pick up something different there's no rights or wrongs when it comes to uh working mediumistically um the problem that you have again especially over here in the uk history goes back a long time and unless it was the likely owners or the important people of the building or or the property. Um, You know, the servant stories may not have been reported and, you know, they they felt that their story wasn't important enough. We've been to a number of locations where I've come out with names and um, stories and and actual uh, replays of things that have gone on that, that aren't public domain but historians or the local caretakers can back up because they've worked there for 20 years. Um, and so that for me is what it's all about. If I can uncover something that isn't public domain, uh, but yet there are people that are able to verify it, good stuff.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's, I, I just find it uh, really enthralling, especially running a company like this where you go out so often. It, it must be, uh, is it still new and exciting every time you go out?
3: Absolutely, because again, for me, it's even though I may have, I personally have done over twelve hundred investigations over the years, um, and you, you do. There's just no physical way that you could possibly remember who you got in what location or what you picked up previously, Um, and you, you can't. So every investigation I start completely afresh, uh, start completely anew, if you will. And so for me, yeah, it's good. And but it's not about me, and it's not about our team. It's about the guests. And if they've experienced things for the first time, um, or they've um, the the best ones for us are the people that are so sceptical that they're you know there with their hands in their pockets, only there for their wife uh, because she wanted a cheap night out rather than going to the bars and clubs. Um, and and they're going away with something to think about. You know, there are alternatives to the way that they thought there is an afterlife there is more to uh death you know death isn't the end and if we can get people changing the way that they think without just having to do anything that's what it's all about
1: kevin what um we, we, you've said uh, you place a very strong um ethos onto customer care and you know looking after the people who are with you um and you talked very very generally almost in a sentence before uh, that they can look at they can look forward to some scientific experiments and some uh mediumship but what you know it, we could. Can we go into a little bit more detail on this sort of things that they can expect? You know, What sort of experiments might they see, for example? Do you um, use the standard techniques of table tipping and Ouija board? And, that's a good question.
3: Um, we, and, we, and,
1: give,
3: and, we give them the full host. I'm completely with you here, Steve. I, I know where you're at. I, I'm not picking up. I, I know where you're going with this. Um, we do use the whole host. Um, the, the regular K2, cell, uh, the K2 meters, the cell sensors, Uh, The thermometers, the laser thermometers, uh, the SB7 ghost boxes, um, the devil's radios. Uh, They've got that side of it, the electronic gadgets, if you will. Uh, We've also got the old um, Victorian spiritualism techniques of table tipping, the Ouija boards, um, trigger objects. We we give them a, a big, big variety. And... We we don't like to be restricted. Sometimes you go really old school, and we bring back the um, trigger objects with um, sand or flour nearby. Uh, the mirror scrying. We just show them that there are completely safe ways. That you know, none of this equipment's gonna um, make your head spin three hundred and sixty degrees or make you levitate. Um, and and just show them that what we do with regards to investigating, be it through. Uh, compass ourselves or any, anybody else is perfectly fine. You've got nothing to worry about. And it's breaking down boundaries for people, I think.
1: Okay. And we have a question in the chat room um, to ask, ask you um, Which location do you or uh, that you or your teams have, have investigated has provided the most memorable piece of evidence? Uh, In regards
3: to proof, or in regards to personal experiences?
1: Ah, well, uh, uh, Steve, if you can, if you can clarify within the next ten seconds while I talk, so you no can pressure. type. No um, at can at, at the moment, the question simply asks for. The question yeah, simply says most memorable piece of e- uh, evidence.
3: Um, I'll be quite honest. I've done some uh, personal locations where we've captured photographic evidence. that has been Uh, Featured in books. Um, We've also done some locations that have been personally very, very strange activity. Uh, The D-Day Tunnels in Portsmouth. There's some weird things going on there that shouldn't be. Um, And there's quite some weird theories going on with that one. We're still doing, um, I know the team's still doing a little bit of research into finding out what happened uh, at the location before it became GCHQ. Um, personally for me one of the big ones I've done was Derby Royal Infirmary uh, probably about 4 or 5 years ago um, it was a hospital that covered a big city an old Victorian hospital so it was around 150-200 years old anyway uh, so you've got the history side of it I know Florence Nightingale was there um, but personally I found that quite a, a quite a strange strange place Uh, More so than any of the castles and mansions and uh, big hotels that we tend to do. Um, Purely because of the the amount of death that's gone on there. Uh, Derby, um, in in the middle of England, is quite a large city for those of you guys that don't know. And the the number of people that go into hospital and pass either uh, traumatically or old age heart attack... um, you know, you're looking on average at least a person a, a day or every couple of days. Then when you times that and multiply that out by 365 days in a year, uh, times in it by 150, you're looking at a whole host or range of what potentially could be there. Um, but the heart wards and the children's wards, that was uh, very eerie. Um, personally, some of the, the uh, places I've done stateside... Um, the asylums, um, I find them personally a little bit overrated, uh, purely because the patients would have been dulled down and medicated or surgically uh, quietened down, and it tends to Sounds follow. Like <laughs> He's not biting, he's not biting. He's going to wait he until... He
1: did, he <laughs> did, he did. The question was clarified, actually, to proof, which I think you answered, but we, we've got another question just sitting here that I'd like to just touch on because we are running short of time. Do the spirits enjoy people bothering them in the afterlife? I,
3: I, I, I'll be quite honest, I think it personally depends on each individual spirit. Well, you've got to remember, guys, the spirits are people. Uh, In the same way that you can have happy people in life, you can also have grumpy people afterwards. Um, Personally, I do feel that, um, again, dependent on location. If you're having people coming in every Saturday night asking, is there anybody there? Can you come and give us a sign? Can you come and make my flashy lights go off? I'll be quite honest if that was me personally. I'd be a little bit, um, shall I say, irritated. Um, And I'm, I'm sure some spirits feel the same way too. That's why we tend to, within Compass, only tend to go to a, a place once a year or twice a year. Um, we, we don't like to be going back there every week.
1: Do you know, I, I've, I've got one question I've been dying to ask. Um, not just you, but I've you know, it's been on my mind for weeks. And the visit to Carew sort of highlighted it because I heard it again there. Um, because it's one of those stock things that said, you. In calling out, we mean you no harm. Do you honestly think that the spirits, are, are, you you're in communication with them? Did, are they actually afraid of the living?
3: Um, I don't know. I, I'll be quite honest. I normally find spirit when we encounter them to be um, perplexed by us. Why are you trying to communicate with us? Um, why are you trying to talk to us? What do you want? I tend to find them a lot more quizzical. Rather than um, fearful of us, I really don't think so at all. Um, well, what can we do? That would make some quite interesting proof to watch a guy having a, a fight with a spirit on camera. That'd be quite <laughs> an interesting, one, that's for sure.
1: No, it's just, it's always struck me as one of those odd things that we, we sort of, you know, uh, fallen into uh, uh, saying, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah well, we mean you no harm, or do you want us to leave uh, knock once? <laughs> Can you just repeat that, and then we'll leave? Uh, now, just for verification, can you just... Ah, yeah, you sound like Richard Felix. <laughs> yeah, and it's also... And, and the fact that calling out is, you know, you go into quite a small you know, a small location, and you call out at the top of your voice uh, as if the spirit world is suddenly deaf. Um... <laughs> I'll be
3: quite honest. I don't think um, I've ever encountered the spirit to walk around with a hearing aid or a trumpet, so... No, <laughs> again,
1: it's, it's it's just calling out. If you can hear my voice, <laughs> it's, it's it's
3: bizarre, and I do think would um, during the Hello. mentality. It's sort of washed off on some of the investigators. Um, I know a lot of the investigators are quite um, not too different to myself, but very. Uh, geeky and nerdy sort of people so um, yeah I do think a lot of what they may have seen may have influenced them whether consciously or subconsciously
1: yeah it's just one of those things that you notice time and time again Um, it's almost like it's part of a standard patois that that people use when when dealing with the with uh, spirit communications
3: Absolutely, it's, it's like Satan coming through on a Ouija board, you know why, why the hell would he? Um, he? He's quite fine wherever he is in Afghanistan this week or, or the Ukraine why would he want to pop around some haunted location just to scare some some guest or some investigator for the night, I, don't, I just don't get that
1: Because it makes for good television I'm with you with that,
2: completely with you <laughs> Well I, I think that sometimes it, some you know the the name of Satan is thrown around. It, it could be even an, an intimidation by the spirit to try to intimidate you. Um, I mean,
3: I, 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 I once. I know,
1: sorry,
2: guys. I was just going to say ahead. I
1: once met a dyslexic Satanist who uh, sold his soul to Santa. Uh-huh.
3: It's 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 silly because if you think about it, um, you know what? Why would it be? Why would they? have these sorts of things. I, I think it's more um, bad practice and bad practice seems uh, seem to get repeated. And it's sort of like people going through the motions. Um, we, we need to bring it back to the way that it used to be. Um, and if you look at how most reports are actually reported, it's normally some guy walking around on his own during daytime minding his own business, not someone sat there at nighttime with... with a K two and a ghost box, <laughs> you know. And um, I think we need to take it back to that level, back to basics, of just sitting in the environment and, and taking it back to to simple roots.
2: Well, I don't know. I, I think at times they really do have an intimidation factor, or, or at least they're, they're they're joking with you. I mean, there are so many times where you hear about people get uh, EVPs or something. You know, I mean. And uh, we did a lighthouse investigation. We went on the Ouija board, and the Ouija board told me I was going to die that night. You died tonight. And it repeated itself, spelt my name out, and blah, blah, blah. It, it but, was very you know radio, then. I didn't die. So, you know, it, it was not an intimidation factor? Was it wasn't a spur of playing a joke? Who knows? I mean, um,
3: I'll, I'll be quite honest. I've done a lot of work with um, serial killers and missing persons cases over the years. Uh, Spirits of people, and it's that simple fact you get liars in life. Why can't they still lie afterwards? Exactly. Uh, and it's, I don't think it's more of an intimidation factor. I just think it's more of a if I tell you this, will you leave me alone? If I give you this, will you <laughs> leave me alone? Um, I do also feel sometimes they don't understand a lot of the equipment that we use or, or why we use it or why it works. So for them, it's just like, well, what's going on? There's all these flashy lights, um, you know, a, a lot of the spirits that we're trying to connect with, you wouldn't have even had electric, let alone some of these things. So for them, um, they're not going to respond to it. But if you, again, take it back down to grassroots level, show them something they realize uh, or recognize. Um, We've done experiments with candles um, over a a 15-foot table um, and asked them to make the candles dance on order, uh, random numbers, You you can get things in different ways, but I think you have to use something that is relevant and recognisable to that spirit.
1: Kevin, what do you see the future of paranormal eventing?
3: Again, it's going to keep expanding the way that it is. There's going to be more and more of uh, new teams, new companies um, splintering off from other companies, rechanging their names. And it's just going to be a constant influx. Um, And they're going to end up pretty much like um, 7-Elevens in the States or spas in the UK. They're just going to be absolutely everywhere. Um, It's it's not so much big events anymore like they used to be because they are being run almost constantly. There's always um, an investigation or an event going on somewhere in the country. Um, And I think it's sort of you know detracting away from what it's about and what we're doing
1: that sounds like a very gloomy prognosis
3: Tell it as it is, Steve that's the way that I am um I've always been very blunt very straight with what I do um, I'm not here to fluffy anything up um, both mediumistically or or um, within the events companies uh, I, I do think personally that some of the companies that are out there uh, regardless of where they are in the world, they, we need to be looking at what our customers want. I'm looking at retaining our customers too. I think that's important. It's keeping your guests coming back time after time after time. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guests that come just for the thrill, just to be scared. Um, but if you can make them people think, "Hang on, I may have communicated with uh, someone or something, or I may there's more to it," you know. Having them thinking about things, um, that's what it's about. And then they're more likely to come back. But, again, yeah, I, integrity is paramount.
2: I think you have to sometimes re- keep reinventing. I mean, I would like to see more uh, Scottish ghost hunting groups and kilts. I think that would be a big hit.
3: That's quite worrying, Ron. That's quite, that's quite a scary thought. And <laughs> why you'd want to see that, I don't know. Um, but we, we do do events in Scotland. Um literally all over England, Wales. Um, we've got some events next month in Ireland. Uh, we're in Germany this, this weekend. Uh, we're in Romania in two months, three months' time. Um, I, I think it needs to come together. I know everybody's got this fantastic idea of paranormal unity and we're all after the same goal. The fact of it is, and the reality of it is, is people aren't. Um, some people are in it just to make money. Some people are in it just to provide a thrill, and some are just purely there to find the definitive proof. The fact of it is, is, we we're never going to achieve all three of them together. Um, and one bad apple will always spoil the car. I personally would like to see a little bit more with different fields coming together, maybe uh, the UFOology and and the cryptozoology, and maybe that side of things. Uh, being more involved rather than as segregated as it has been.
2: And why, why, why would that happen? I mean, I mean, it seems like you would be kind of like diluting. I mean, if you're out there working and and trying to uh, deal with spirit, then why do all of a sudden shift to UFOs or or uh, cryptozoology or or any of the other?
3: I I, I think that you need to. Um, the people within them fields, I, I've traveled uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of UFOology and cryptozoology. And it's wow. the same in the paranormal. They are very um, structured with it um, mm-hmm. and don't tend to cross over into the other fields. It's the UFOology, it's the uh, spiritualist way or the demonologist way or, or the tech head way. I think all of these different people need to be interrogating people and, and trying different things that they can learn from each other and go forward together. That,
2: make, that makes sense. And anyways, that was the uh, do a bell, which means pizza from the dead here, which is, means we have to wrap it up. And, and uh, Kevin, when I noticed uh, the show is almost over. And we haven't even given out your website. So could you give, give us your website, please?
3: Absolutely. My personal website, my medium set uh, stuff is kevinbowing.co.uk. And uh, the events and the investigations
2: that we do with Compass Paranormal dot uk. Compass Paranormal and Kevin Bowen. What was the dot co dot uk again, sir? Yeah, dot co dot uk. So Perfect. okay, uh, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for being on the show and uh, uh, good luck. And uh, some of those locations, they really do sound awesome. I mean, uh, I mean, I would not, I would probably do them in a heartbeat. How about you, Steve. You can see why I'm touting for a job now, can't you? Yeah, I can understand. I Really, seriously. I mean, some of those were really, really, really cool. But uh, anyway, so Kevin, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with Compass Paranormal and also your mediumship. So,
3: Thank you both very much for having me on. And uh, thank you very much for allowing me to escape from the nut house too.
2: <laughs> so it's time Thanks, to wrap it up. Thanks, Kevin. And good luck with the house move too. Thank you very much, Steve. Where is he moving to a haunted house?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Did you go to sleep with me, uh, Stephen, or what? No. I said yes. He's nursing yes. his fix. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. <laughs> say goodbye. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's a lot. <laughs> Anyways, it's time <laughs> to wrap it up. So, from uh, the quiet one today, Mr. Steve Parsons, and yours truly, Mr. Van house. Oh, yeah. See, now we can talk. When I'm talking to you, there's no problem to talk right over me. Oh,
1: Derek, I love you. Oh, Derek, I love you. I want your babies.
2: Goodbye, Stephen. (laughs) Good night. night, God 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 bless. Good night. God bless.